I'm Effie, a life coach who profoundly gives a fuck about you feeling better for good. I teach people how to cut the crap and live according to their own rules. It's a crime we don't learn this stuff in school, but it's simpler than you think to break the pattern and start living the life you want. Listen on to find out how. I've really been looking forward to this episode and I'm super excited about it. Today we're going to be talking about how to have better relationships. And there's really no better time for this as we're headed into February, the month of love. There's, of course, the commercial holiday, Valentine's Day, but also winter is starting to come to a close. And in March, there's, you know, we're going to experience the first blushes of spring. We definitely already have, I don't know if you can hear the birds in the background here, but we definitely have already started experiencing that here in Los Angeles. Uh, there's little flowers kind of showing up on the shrubs in the front, and it's just a kind of special time. If you live in a different climate, don't be mad at me. <laughs> but yeah, we've, we've already started to get just a, a few hints of spring. And I feel, too, that in February, there's just room for lots of hope in relationships of all kinds. This month, there will be some big changes happening in my own relationship, so I'm really excited about that. And also, we are taking a deep dive into relationships this month in my Feel Better for Good program. So every month in that program, we have a, a theme that we focus on. And we spend time applying these powerful coaching tools that I teach in the program to that particular area of life. So my process is broken down into these six kind of buckets that I call my six pillars to freedom. So the purpose this month is to help my students create more freedom in their relationships. And I'll be giving you a taste of that today. First and foremost, I want to give you a very simple but radical definition of relationship that I learned from a mentor of mine, Brooke Castillo. So sink your, your teeth into this. Your relationship to another person is your predominant thoughts about them. I'm going to say that again. Your relationship to another person is your predominant thoughts about them. Period. And by the way, their relationship to you is their predominant thoughts about you. And ideally, there's overlap here. Like, I think you're great. You think I'm great. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> but it's usually more nuanced than that. And the reason why is because our predominant thoughts change. For example, when, my, when I first met my now partner, I, I actually didn't like him. Uh, and my predominant thoughts about him were... Like, who's this blowhard? He seems like trouble. I don't want anything to do with him. And we've had a good chuckle about this. And his predominant thoughts about me were, wow, what a special person. I want to get to know her. I just really love her voice. We met um, in a, a context where we were hearing each other talk a lot in a group. So anyway, you can guess how that went. I have these thoughts of like this motherfucker. And he has these thoughts of like, oh, wow, she seems really great. Now, luckily, we had this shared interest that kept us around each other long enough for us to learn a bit about each other uh, from a distance because my thoughts about him definitely had me keeping him at an arm's length, as you can imagine. And I, I remember the day something he shared in our group made me start to see him differently. And I still had the old thoughts 
at play, but new ones started to take over and become more dominant. And the new thoughts were along the lines of, oh, this person is really interesting. Seems like he has something to offer, like he's sensitive and funny and strange, which made me feel more open to him in a friendly way. It wasn't like, oh, I think that this person, like I wasn't on the market or anything like that. It definitely wasn't anything like that. But I was just like, oh, I saw, I saw something different in him. His thoughts about me didn't change. <laughs> he just, he has really good taste. But my point is that there started to be a thought overlap there, a mutual responsiveness that made it possible for us to connect. And that's what paved the way for love. Now, there are conscious thoughts and there are unconscious thoughts. And our predominant feelings toward the other person are flags for our thoughts. So if you find yourself consistently annoyed with someone in your life, for example, but you're thinking like, I don't know why, I totally love them, you better believe there's a cluster of thoughts underneath the surface that are creating your annoyance. And that's what to get curious about. Because I want to tell you this and listen very carefully here. It's not the person that creates your feelings for them. It's your thoughts about the person. No one can make you feel any kind of way. You have to volunteer to feel that way one way or another. And the way that you volunteer or opt in to feeling a certain way is with your thoughts. And this is the best news ever. Because once you build the skill of identifying your thoughts and feelings clearly and understanding the relationship between them and how your thoughts create your experience, they literally create your experience, you can improve any relationship in your life, including the most important one, and that's the one you have with yourself. Here's the thing, though. You're going to have thoughts that pop up in different contexts or scenes with your scene partner. Uh, or the person that you're in a relationship with. And these thoughts are anchored to different stimuli, mostly unconsciously. And the, I want to give the example of, uh, I don't know, this is just the one that came up for me. I used to have this problem that would happen whenever I was sharing a meal with my partner, same person I was talking to you about before who became my partner. So you can imagine that scene where we're sitting at the dinner table across from each other, we're eating curry, uh, two different versions because my partner is vegan and so he was eating his like veggie curry and I was eating my veggie and chicken curry which was much tastier I might say and the stimulus <laughs> they were both good the stimulus for me was the way he eats and I've never seen a person eat precisely this way like never a person I've seen lizards eat this way like maybe an iguana <laughs> but never a human and sorry, baby. I mean, he knows all of this, uh, but he just has this, in my opinion, this very particular way of chewing using his tongue and, and, and his teeth. And I won't get into it, but it, it didn't seem to bother him and it didn't seem to bother anyone else, but it fucked me off so bad. At one point, I wasn't sure I would be able to eat with him anymore. And that's a big problem if like you want to share your life with someone. So my thought was, ew, why can't he just eat like a normal person? which caused the emotions of disgust and judgment in my body. And in turn, I obsessed about it in my head while we're eating. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, right? I couldn't stop looking at his mouth. And I acted distant and weird and effectively ruined our meal together. So in a different stage, I just want you to like, 
<laughs> I didn't understand what was happening until later. But in a different scene, my predominant thoughts changed. And this is really important. So for example, in a scene where he's, uh, say, after dinner, uh, one night he's standing at the sink washing dishes or, or just in the morning. He's the primary dishwasher in our house. And I have to say this scene is irresistibly sexy to me <laughs> because I hate doing dishes. I hate it. I've tried to make it into this Zen experience of like, oh, uh, you know, the warmth of the water on my hands and just be in the moment and like be one with the dish and I get to look out the window and no, fuck it. Like <laughs> cleaning of almost any kind, <laughs> I would just really rather not do. And I'm, I'm in acceptance about that fact. Uh, you know, I have other skills that I'm, other things that I'm really good at. I'm just going to leave the cleaning to other people. Anyway, he's standing at the sink doing the dishes and my predominant thoughts are, oh, He's so wonderful. Like he's doing the dishes so I don't have to. Oh my God. Which makes me feel loving and appreciative toward him. And what I do next is I say thank you, maybe give him a hug or a kiss and share a moment of love and connection, which of course improves the morning or the evening or, you know, it's just like, yeah, just this warmth and like, oh, like my broom bear taking care of me. So two different scenes, two different feelings, two different outcomes. But taken together, this theme showed up so much in our relationship. And uh, my predominant combined thought became some version of, if he just changed a few things about himself, he'd be perfect. And the subtext of there is, and this is so common, I just hear this so often with my clients, but the subtext is, for me anyway, if he just changed a few things that I think he should change, that would be more convenient for me, we could have a better relationship. And this created in my body, and this was a hard pill to swallow, but this created in my body clearly the emotion of superiority, which made me act like I had the right to correct him or guide him when I didn't like something about his behavior. And I didn't do this, but I could have demanded like he, he sit in front of a mirror while eating until he understood the gravity of what he was doing and how unacceptable it was that he ate this way. I could have required that he take etiquette classes if he wanted to keep seeing me. And, you know, if he were, God, what a tyrant. Um, if he were my son or my student offering a suggestion or a correction may have been appropriate. May have. Nothing like, you know, what I just described. But but I don't want to be his mom. I want to be his partner, his equal. And that means that, yes, the ecosystem of our relationship needed to change in order for me to feel better. And it needed to change with me. It needed to it needed to change. I mean, seriously. What what the fuck is that? Like etiquette classes? Like I, that would have been just a, I was being tyrannical there. So um, not what I want to be in a relationship. And also for me, I look back on previous relationships I've had and either did make some sort of really, you know, weird demand like that. But more often I just, I just silently stewed and built a resentment that would, be damaging both to myself and the relationship and ultimately, you know, it's not sustainable. So I decided that this was because this was a relationship I wanted to keep and actually enjoy better. <laughs> I decided that 
He could eat however the fuck he wanted to because it ultimately wasn't important. What was far more important to me is that he's stable, he's invested in a relationship with me, he's a good communicator, that he treats me and my children well, and boy, does he. And this man adores us, and he always has. So, like, who cares what his tongue does with his teeth when he eats, <laughs> right? So I thought, whatever, no one says I have to look at his mouth when he eats. So I just stopped. And I looked at his eyes, or somewhere else. And I still do. I look at his eyes, or somewhere else when we have meals, and I don't even think about it anymore. This happened really quickly, by the way. I didn't have to, like, you know, practice really hard at this discipline. It was pretty quick. And I did end up telling him after the fact that it bothered me and we had we had a good laugh about it. But the delicious irony is that if he stopped doing it, like I, I wouldn't even notice. I don't even notice how he eats anymore. It's just not just not a thing. So over the last couple of years, I've worked to intentionally shift my thoughts and create the feelings I want in my relationship with my partner across multiple contexts. I do this imperfectly, for sure. But now my predominant, because of this work, my predominant thoughts about him are, he's for me. I just love that man. And God damn, am I lucky. And that's the energy I bring to the relationship these days. More often than not, like not all the time, (laughs) but that's the baseline. And it's so beautiful. We now have a relationship where I can I can share my concerns without it being personal because I'm coming from a place of love and, and humor. I may not share it in the moment, but I do share it and it's part of the process of me taking responsibility for what I think and feel. Because that's a relationship I want to have. I want to have a transparent, loving, you know, funny and light relationship uh, that's also deep and grounded and stable. So, Yeah. Uh, this is part of the process of me taking responsibility for what I think and feel. And he has taken that cue as well. So he does the same. And we've created together an atmosphere of mutual responsibility and trust. But I had to go first. If I waited around for him to change in a way that was convenient for me or kept trying to call the shots to that effect, and believe me, I did try, <laughs> my relationship would have gone the way of the dinosaur by now. Like I am convinced of that or I'd still be in it and unhappy and uh, likely making him unhappy as well. Creating the conditions for us to not be able to enjoy the relationship to the degree that we do. So I hope that this was empowering for you, this little story and the message in this podcast. I hope it was a slap in the face in the best of ways and that you go out and into the world and apply what you've heard here right away in your relationships. And I just want to leave you with a few final thoughts as you hopefully lay down the need to make other people be the way you want them to be so that you can feel better. And the thought is, if I'm not the problem, there is no solution. And more specifically, if my thinking isn't the problem, there is no solution. And that means, my love, there is always a solution. Change your thoughts, change your energy, change your relationships. If you're ready to do the work to move forward on what you want and actually get it, I can help you. 
I'm offering my podcast listeners a free consultation with me to talk about what coaching can do for you this year. Just visit effielevore.com to get started.